Oh shit! Shoot! What? No, no, I'm so excited. Uh, oh, Sean's here. Cool. Um, oh, they're doing local streamyards, adding local recordings. It just saved me huge hassles. It just there was a little thing beta local recordings. It's actually really good. Hmm. for making my life easier and the quality of my recordings easier now i have i ordered you mean for your sexy chat 69 business that's it that's it that's it exactly exactly uh sean is uh my uh, co-part is my partner in that business so he's, mm, that he's the one that came he's the one that came up with the name so he's uh while he can't talk i'm just gonna sit here and make fun of him a little bit so <laughs> For some reason, I don't see him signing up for that. <laughs> you don't think that was his uh, one of his ventures? Sexy Chat 69? No, I, I, I doubt it. Yeah. Before we get him it. on, I got, I got a little something to make everybody feel a little better today. We're not the only, we're not the only rugs or Ponzi's uh, happening in the world. Hmm. Juicy Fields. Uh I just found out about this the other day. Somebody tweeted about it. I don't know who it was, but somebody tweeted about this. This massive, massive cannabis uh, investment scam, like massive, like estimated between 700 million and multiple, multiple billions of dollars. The problem is nobody knows for sure because, because it was a crowdfunding site that allowed you to incubate your own cannabis farm or plot where you could track and follow all of your growing of the cannabis. Um, they claimed partnerships with all these massive distributors in the cannabis industry. Just not a shred. There was no weed there. being grown. There's no there weed being grown. Nada. Nada. Oh, so it's like a mining operation. You know, it was uh, like a mining ploy, basically. You get fractional ownership and mine cannabis, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I guess they would deliver it to you or they would sell it and you'd get the return. No, I think they would sell it for you to the distributors. I don't know oh. all the details, but it was a crowdfunding play. You could do up to 150 grand. Uh, so that means a lot of people, it was mainly in Europe, uh, put their money into this. It actually sounds like a great idea, but it's just, you know, nobody knows who actually was in charge of it. There's no. There's no, they've tracked down the corporate filings and can't, can't, uh, can't, uh, can't find it. Uh, uh, who actually owns it? There were a couple of dudes who were on there that didn't know they were on the corporate filings, just all kinds of. Yeah. Like who is this Brad Nickel guy? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he smoked all the profits. No, but it uh, is funny how, look, this, you know, the scams abound. They're everywhere. It happens in everything where there's money. Everything. Yeah. So you, what's the number one rule? Do your own research, do your DD, whatever. Um, figure out your risk. Look what's insured, what's not. And if it's not, get it. I mean, half and you guys and gals play on like true. on fan duels and places like that gambling too. So, you know, you got to kind of take it to a different level here. It, there's some elements of that, but you've got to like do the underlying business analysis too. You can't just like Look at it like, yeah, give me the Cowboys in the points. Look at the monthly <laughs> like returns. That. Look at the promised yeah. monthly returns that people invested in. Six to 14% monthly. Yeah. That's some yield farm level shit. DeFi summer yield farm level shit. 
Yeah, yeah. But, you know, as we know, that stuff never lasts. And and the, you should be thinking... Look, there was none. <laughs> well, and also, if you're tracking the pound price of weed out of California, you would know that the prices dropped down to about like 300 bucks a pound. Wow, So really? there's a glut of weed. Yeah, high-end weed. It's everywhere. <sighs> and so, you know, you're not going to make any business, you know... You're not going to make a very reasonable profit if you're locking in on terms uh, for months when the price is plummeting. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shizzy but says, I get okay, guys, there. got my winter jacket on with the furry hood, winter bear boots, gloves, three pairs of underwear all on. I'm winter ready for the Sean today. Veronica, <laughs> welcome, Veronica. Veronica says, big boy pants, check. And James says, wow, I forgot it was Sean Day. Yeah, I like Sean Days. It makes prep easier. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, real easy. Um, but I'm looking forward to the chat with him. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I, I, I told him that you were like gearing up and doing research to to take him down a notch. So Really? He yeah. knows it. Yeah, okay. All right. See, Brad's trying to deflect his like one-on-one -on -one brawls with Sean onto me. Oh man, Joe's worse than I am. I'm the cool one. <laughs> Let's bring him on. What's up, Sean? Hey guys, how you doing? Good, buddy. Good. How's how you life, going, buddy? Ah, not too bad. Not too bad. You know, still alive, still above the ground. Yeah, so all any of us can hope for. It. That's, that's all time. you need. <laughs> that's all you need. That's all you need. Um, look, you know, everybody that's watching that doesn't isn't aware. Uh, Sean is an old friend uh, from my company, Material Indicators. He's an awesome, awesome provider of uh, information uh, for uh, a lot, the 7,000 or so folks that are in our, our groups. And um, people respect uh, his opinions and respect his thoughts on things in the market. And he also has a ton of experience uh, trading Bitcoin and also uh, against and with some other shit coins so he can buy more Bitcoin. So um, he is, uh, he's a master. He does market making. He does all kinds of stuff, but um, highly respected dude. And uh, I, I highly recommend that if you're not in the material indicators group, you come in and introduce yourself to Sean. Also, Veronica's watching today. Uh, she's, uh, she's also a member over there and also provides admin and advice and wisdom. So, Sean, welcome again. Thank you for coming. You're coming in today to give us your take on, uh, I think you phrased it as why FTX, uh, why DeFi is no better than FTX. I think that's how you said it, but I'll let you. Some, yeah, something along those lines. I mean, you know, for, first of all, in. Third, hey, you got that mic close to you, buddy? Sorry, man. Is that better? Much better. Okay. In the, in the, and it also covers my face, which is a benefit for everybody. Um, <laughs> in the, in the, I've been in this game like 13 years. And, you know, through all of the bullshit that we've been through, I don't think we've ever seen a year like this. Yeah. Um, I don't think, you know, and, and it's kind of, in a way it's slightly disheartening because like any of the crap that happened in the past, like the Mount Gox hack is the most obvious one. Yeah. It, it was like a genuine naivety and security they tried to cover up afterwards. Yeah, it was, it was you know, early days, yeah, kind of, you know, there, there was an innocence to it in a way. Right. Whereas this year, what we've seen is exceptional. 
in that, you know, in many ways, uh, I would say it's kind of almost like the introduction of untethered TradFi models into a space um, that's um, without any of the constraints or that would would be would act around TradFi. Yeah. Um, so if you look at you know Luna, 3AC, FTX, six billion in DeFi hacks, I mean, fuck me, that's a lot going on in a year. Yeah, it is. Where, it is. Where, where in the past we had shit like BitConnect and you know Mt. Gox and you know the DAO hack and all of this, all of which were, to be honest, not really a surprise to most players. Yeah. You know, if you were kind of in the game long enough, you know, clearly, you know, BitConnect et al. were all bloody scams. Sure. And, you know, your trust in exchanges was non-existent, yeah? Yeah. Um, but we, we all, we've all kind of grown up, um, including myself. And again, you, you know, and the other thing I'd say is, you know, I'm, I'm a hard-ass maxi. Um, always have been. I don't see any reason to change, but I'm also going to say, I think the response of some of the maxis to this has been vomit inducing. (laughs) 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 Because, you know, when, when somebody gets their ass handed to them, they don't need to be told, I fucking told you so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, it's all a pile of, you know, stuff, but anyway, you get beyond that. And, and in many ways, I, my fear is that we're all learning the long the wrong lessons here because um, from Do Kwan to Ace to Three AC to FTX is always a new villain, and if you actually look at the fundamental problems, behind, I'm, I'm I'm not giving SPF a free pass here. I'm just going. I'm done with it. Like I'll watch the Netflix documentary when it comes out. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't really. The, the micro details that are leaking out that everybody's obsessed with are, are of no interest to me. I mean, fundamentally what happens um, is that we had um, a moon boy over leverage his position. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's and absolutely it. it. You're right. To a nutshell. You know, when, you, when you dig down to the heart of it, which is what, you know, 3AC did. And in many ways it's what Terra did because the, the underlying problem in the space is actually... Um, shit collateral yeah yeah so uh, and you you can view that in very much the same way as the financial um the great financial crisis as they call it you know 2008 which is the use of mbs's shit mbs's or bad collateral that then flows out yep and i think that story is is kind of um very much the story of of what year is it fuck me 2022 in crypto, and in all of this stuff that's washing out are games associated with utilizing bad collateral. Um, and first of all, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very much, as anybody knows, I think it was a year and a half ago, I first did a podcast with Keith on risk in, in, in Bitcoin. This is not, I'm going to end this. It's not, I told you so, because I'll end it with what happened to me. Okay. <laughs> Where I went. Here's, here's risk. And then we have systemic risk, which is the right. exchange risk and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I kind of, my advice to anybody who's playing the game was always look, have your own insurance fund, keep most of your funds off exchange. Um, I personally had no doubt FTX was going under, um, 
I was on a call with three friends on Sunday night going, get your fucking funds off. Um, and the two largest proponents of that were myself and the other guy were the two fucking idiots who left some funds on it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, you know, it's, I'm not trying to go, hey, you know, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, just just so people don't think I'm some kind of fucking genius, which I'm not, like, I think between personal accounts and company, we'd north of a million on there. We'll never see it again. Um I'm a big boy. That's the game. Yeah, I'm not. Right. I'm not. Um, right. You know, I have nobody to blame but myself. Um, so I don't. You know, this is not me going. Um, um, you know, holier than thou, Bitcoin Maxi. Um, but I would say to anybody who is seriously wrecked by this, reach out um, and maybe just consider it similar to Ethereum staking, which is ultimately um, you're going to get some unknown value back in an yep. unknown time and i think that's the ethereum staking model yeah it's well it's a it's a it's it's the <laughs> Sorry, ultimate <dude. laughs> lockup savings account but i enjoyed that little uh that little dig, dig. there that was good that was good uh, real quickly i will tell you this the the guy who took over as ceo from for the bankruptcy john j ray the third who oversaw enron's bankruptcy proceeding says ftx is the worst case of his entire career um, and that the malfeasance of management within that firm was off the charts. Just uh, there was like oh, yeah. no, no, absolutely nothing from a management or organization perspective. So. Oh, yeah. And like if the stuff coming out that's about how Almeida basically had God mode on the exchanges is, is even a quarter true. Yeah. Um, it, it's, you know, it's criminal. But, but, but again, I would look at this and go, look, in, in the heat of the moment, crypto Twitter is full of SPF messages. He's of no interest to me. Yeah, um, he, he's, he's a con man. He got caught. Yep. Um, I'm more interested in the kind of... There's a couple of things here that, 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 I, that I, I think people should consider. Um, first part of it is that what, what was the fundamental problem here? Yeah, Almeida was not a bad trading house. They made money, but they got over-levered and then via criminal activity or whatever, fraud, whatever, stupidity, the rest follows, yeah? Yep. And, and I think that's important to remember. And the other big, big thing for me here is this creation of heroes in the space, yeah? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we, you know, SPF was, was, was almost a godlike figure. And, and again, I think if you stick around long enough in the space, you count them all in and you count them all out, yeah? Bitcoin Jesus, where is he now? Right, exactly. You know, From the beginning. All. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's true in any human endeavor, whatever it is. People want somebody to worship or to trust to guide them to the promised land, right? Um, yeah. And it almost always fails. It did, yeah, I mean, the only the heroes, the heroes should be dead so they can't disappoint. <laughs> That is, oh my God, that's a beautiful line. I'm so stealing that. Uh, but but like like there is and and I and you know and again, you know, CZ is becoming a bit of a hero here, and 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 that frightens the shit out of me um, for many reasons. Um, the, the the net result of all of this, and and I think SPF is gone. He's history. He'll never play a significant role, yeah. and hopefully he ends up in an eight by four for the rest of his life whatever i'm i'm beyond that yeah right i'm going where is the landscape today the landscape today is cz is the is the undisputed king of the crypto world yeah okay and 
on first principles, that should be opposed. That level of power and control never ends well. That's true. Right. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And se second, the second aspect that, that, I, that, I, that I would say about this is that his role in this, like, I, I think I post this, as a trader, the play he made, I just go, fucking respect, mate. Like, Jesus, you, like, you played that so fucking well. It was the work of a genius, yeah? Uh, the fact that a million people lost money in this happening is secondary to your need to control the space. So, I, again, a lot of my anti-CZ stuff is, A, I think he operates the shit under 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 insured exchange badly under insured exchange and secondly that that nobody should the whole game that we're in here DeFi, decentralized finance yeah is not to have these powerful central entities Correct. so uh, i'm just kind of a, 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 again a lot of people come out and go oh you know he's going to go in and rep through and obviously they have money in it so they want somebody to come in and rest they want to hear that it's all he'd never in any intention whatsoever in my opinion of buying ftx um, he could kill it and the damage to the space is completely secondary to his his power grab i mean let me ask he, you a question do yeah. you firmly believe do you think that when he posted that first tweet saying not going to get caught with this ftt I've heard some things I don't like and, you know, essentially finding out that um, Sam had telling all regulators to block out Binance, right? Uh, and that okay, CZ was so a bad actor. Do you believe that when he sent that tweet, he thought within like, what was it? 24 to 48 hours that FTX would completely collapse. Yes. You do. Because I, I think you have to be logical about this and go, okay, somebody leaked a balance sheet. Right. Maybe it wasn't CZ, maybe it, it doesn't matter, but that's blood in the water. Yeah, CZ is a shark. Okay. Um, if he if his concern was his FTT, okay, he could have sold it to, to FTX. We knew we know at the time they had five billion actual cash, actual assets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He comes out and he directly in a tweet directly compares it to Luna. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, okay. Um, he then gets everything he needs from Caroline, who gives him their liquidation price. Right. And comes out and says, we have, we'll offer you 500 million, which is a sign of desperation. Yes. And we have 10 billion more in assets, whether they did or not. I can calculate the liquidation price from that. So can CZ. Yeah. Good point. It's not complicated math, yeah? Right. Um, so... The best thing, if you look at it purely from a fiscal standpoint for for Binance and CZ, is just to take the half a billion and shut up. Yeah? Yes, but, the, but what but I'm saying is... But as soon, asking, as, you, as soon as you compare it to Luna, and then you don't just get blood in the water, the whole body jumps in the water, says, come and eat me, CZ mm -hmm. comes and eat Yeah, but I think, here's my point. I don't think on the, I think on the first tweet, he wanted to hurt them. Right. I'm not sure on the first tweet he knew exactly that this whole thing was ready to collapse. But then she had the balance sheet. Of course no, he knew. Yeah, but but yeah, okay, good point. But I, I think that when she asked to buy it was when he probably knew that he could well, take when, it. When when she asked to buy it, he had their liquidation price. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. So he, he like it's it's you know at that point it's the game is up. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. There's no question about it. And and he pulled the trigger. And again, as a trader, I kind of go, you know, this is this is you know Saras breaking the Bank of England. Stuff, yeah. yeah. That's level the game. Of, yeah. Level of play. Um, but with with only financial loss for Binance, okay, and market gain. This is not the actions of somebody who I want to have any significant influence in this industry. As a trader, I go, fair play, buddy. I fucking like it. Um, you know, I gotta respect the play, but you're prepared to lose probably two, three hundred million to fuck up the industry so you can own more of it, more of it. I'm that's just a no to me. Got it. Now look, I I, I think it comes down to to um, what we express as the intent of CZ, right? Um, and I, I'm just Brad, and I'm sorry. I know, I know you're 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 kind of a fan. That's the wrong word. Like you, no, you no. Respect, I respect. You, I respect, respect CZ. I'm gonna go. I can only infer his intent from the actions he's took. Yeah, yeah. And I get it. Nothing, I totally get it. Nothing in his actions that indicates anything other than I'm prepared to lose a quarter of a billion, say, to gain dominance in this industry. Yeah. I, look, there's I no get other, your point there's of view. no other and narrative that makes sense to me. There's no, there's no arguing with that on its face value is what you see. My, my only opinion comes from the perspective of past actions and past interactions I've had with him. It's hard for me to believe that he didn't think about the people that could be impacted, but maybe he didn't give a shit. Maybe he just wants to win. And that that's a very strong possibility. Maybe everything else is just branding at the end of the day. You're absolutely right. It was a brilliant move it, as a businessman, as a, as a CEO of a company that wants to dominate and win in the industry. Um, you know, you get, you, you get what you wanted. You won. Right. And now you yep. dominate. Um, at the yeah, end of the day, now you're the one at, that everybody's looking at too. Yeah. At so the end of the didn't day, you did really win yet. Right. At the end of the day, I'd rather have CZ dominating than Sam. But at the end of the day, I'd prefer to have nobody dominating. Well, of course not. Yeah. But if we have to, I mean, here, here's my bottom line. Why on do all we this. have to? I, right. Here's my bottom line on all this. The, we are going to look back on this incident in three to five years, and it will be the best thing that ever happened to crypto. And it will be, to me, the best thing um, that potentially could have happened to the financial system because what's happening right now is the rooting out and and the personal decentralization of people and their holdings and the build the the realization that nobody can be trusted which is the foundations of what this whole thing is supposed to be about right is that you should be your own bank you should control your own money and you should be in a trustless environment you should be in a decentralized environment where you don't have to trust anybody and to me, I don't trust the maxi yeah, mantra. Yeah. 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 Now I'm, I'm not trying to make light of the people harmed. Don't get me wrong. And yeah. I'm not saying that's in any way a good thing. It's a horrible thing. But what I am saying is, uh, you know, these kinds of things that happen in history are the things that are turning points when big, disastrous, horrible things happen. And I, and I think that it's, it can turn into a very strong positive eventually for the industry. So that's if kind of my we take. learn the right lessons, and and of course my concern, yeah. You know, and again, you know, you know my views on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, me and my ten followers. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but but I, which is which is I actually deserve less. I probably have a couple of alt accounts following myself, 
Um, but um, but I don't think we're learning the right lesson from what I see. What what I see is the typical, you, you know, like it's like dealing with grief. You know, we go through all these phases. You know, you go through the anger phase and so on. And 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 I, I think that there's a there. My fear is the wrong lessons are learned. Um, and I hope I'm wrong about that, but I see very little talk about what the real problems are, in my opinion. And the real problems are when you take out the personalities and the fucking around, in, in, and, and, and you take out the FTX incidents in isolation, you look at all of the ridiculousness that's happened in this bear cycle, it comes down to one thing, which is, which is leverage on shit collateral. Yeah, look, I don't argue with that. And I, I look, I think ultimately leverage is always going to kill us. Um, and and totally agree that that's a problem. Absolutely yeah. agree that's a problem. But for me, the more important lessons to be learned right now are there's a huge difference between centralized and even, you know, I know your opinion on, on the level of decentralizations, don't get me wrong, but there's a huge difference between trusting a centralized entity and a human being and a God figure and controlling your own interest and controlling your own money. And to yeah, me, I think that outcome is happening. I, I, I think that, that, that again, that is something that's slight obfuscation of the facts because the, the simple fact of the matter was the reason that people like me knew FTX was fucked was on-chain data. Yeah. Yes. Well, to some extent. So, like, you, and the you, release I, didn't, I didn't know that. I wasn't looking at that data. So well, I'm you, you curious to hear what you saw. <laughs> my one tweet. Um, no, I mean, the on-chain data with respect to how fucked FTX was, was there. Mm. Um, no question about it. Yeah? And, and so, and, and, and again, I'm not. But know, again, I'm, people, people. So first, two things there. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Brad, just to point Go out. Go ahead. I would say that the on-chain data with respect to DeFi being leveraged up the ass is also there. Absolutely. And also being ignored, yeah? Well, actually, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing more and more uh, people working on it, and I'm in, t in discussions with a couple of folks who are building some things um, to actually um, make us more aware of where the leverage is on projects on tokens and across the board on yeah. multiple chains. So again, and that's from what happened in January through March, right? People are saying, Oh, Holy shit. We didn't, we weren't ready for this. And, and everyone got leveraged out and took down a big chunk of the market again. And so I totally agree with you that leverage is a problem. It's always been a problem in all of finance forever, probably not going away, but I do think that we, as in decentralized blockchain, crypto, Bitcoin, are in a better position to solve for it, to alert people to it, and to warn people about it than the existing system or any of the centralized entities. So that that's kind of my... Look, my look I, I'm, not, I'm not arguing for centralization, and you know I never will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm not trying to go, you know, but, but, but if, if again, we're to be honest, genuinely honest about where we are as an industry yeah okay we're, we're going to say that the safest place to trade is still a cex okay um the uh, which is not great but that that's just a statement of fact um and that it in it in and of itself is not necessarily the leverage 
that's the, the leverage is a problem, but the bigger problem is the is the value of the underlying collateral. Right. Again, if you go back to 2008, you know, outside of our industry, where you know the, the collateralization for all of this, all of these um, euro dollars was basically MBSs that turned out to be to be shit, yeah, shit collateral. Same thing can be said of 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 three AC and FTX and so on. Is that you know. Sure, you know, on the balance sheet, FTT is worth the hundred billion dollars. Therefore, there shouldn't be a problem here. But but the underlying. So I, again, I'm not I'm not anti leverage per se. I'm just going that you have to in any leveraged play, you have to consider the underlying um, collateral risk. So. You, you, you know, and, and that's terror as well. You know, they were using one coin as collateral for the other. And then as soon as that gets rug pulled, then you have the issue. Yeah? Sure. Um, and I think if we're honest about the DeFi space, we've got $7 billion of staked Ethereum as collateral. Now, staked Ethereum in liquid pools. Yeah. So there's $7 billion of Now, by definition, staked Ethereum is the most illiquid asset on the fucking planet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you've got something representing value, but yes. There's no market for it. So so we 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 use that singularly most illiquid because there's no release date, there's no understanding of the value at release date, and we leverage seven billion dollars of value into the DeFi system. Sure. So, you, 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 you know, I think, I think that, you know, again, if we're to be completely honest about it, and, and I'm being honest about the, the response of Maxis, which is repugnant by and large, um, I think we also need to be honest about, about everything and go, look, you know, every, everything is levered up. I mean, the funny thing is, you know, pe- people think this is over. We're still at a higher leverage than we were at the all-time high, even after the FTX. Mm. This this shit ain't over, yeah? Sure. Um, the bottom isn't coming until, until and never does, until we're, 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 we're all the lever is removed, and that's across everything. So I think if we're going to be honest about the industry, about, you know, about everything, let's be honest about everything and saying that everybody's committing the same sins here. Recursive lending loops, okay, are just a ridiculous proposition in any industry. Yeah, but it's fun to uh, watch, <laughs> dude. You know, I, I watch my kids play with fire, and until they get burnt, it's fucking grateful. Yes. That's it. And that's you the lesson. Give them a bag full of keys right? and a couple but, of electrical outlets. They have a lot of fun here, with those. Here's the, here's here's my perspective from that, and I totally agree with everything you just said. Do not disagree with it. But to me, the pain is good. To me, the ability, the freedom to to loop your leverage, to to lever the shit out of yourself, to collapse your project, all of that freedom to do that is a good thing. Because so th- that's freedom? that's no, because that's centralized. That's because it wasn't there was no freedom okay, there whatever. was no freedom to control the value of what was going on at FTX there, the only freedom was to put in or pull out but let me finish what i'm saying literally yeah okay the, the the point the point is this this ecosystem 
for the first time in history, provides the ability to transparently for humans to learn the finance lessons. And every time there's a collapse, every time there's a stupid decision made on an individual level or industry-wide, ecosystem-wide, or a protocol level, those are lessons that get learned. And the beauty of it to me is that every time it happens, there are a huge number of big brain fucking people thinking about how it happened, what happened, what models could be better, and how you improve on it. There is not going to be any perfection in the near time, in the near term. But our dependency on centralized human beings is far weaker to me than us learning the left lessons and evolving how people manage their money, what they know about managing their money, what they can see about managing their money, and how people are building for helping people manage and invest their money. So from my perspective, this is part of that process. But I'm not saying it's a good thing that all of this fucking money went and that people got harmed. But at the end of the day, we humans do not evolve. Humans do not get better at shit without fucking it up in the first place. Yeah, but that assumes everybody's a good actor. And I think Sean's point. No, it is, doesn't. I don't assume anybody's a no, good actor. Let me, let me finish. You, you've been preaching for 40 minutes now. So let me jump something in here. Um, that, you know, when the underlying assets go to zero, okay, which is what happened with, you know, the 2008 example with the MBS, the mortgage backed securities, when all of a sudden people figured out they weren't worth anything despite the A rating, you know, I think. When you're spinning collateral up like Sean's talking about, it's not the leverage and things like that or the freedom to choose and what you're going to do with it. It's that eventually we've learned that half of the underlying assets aren't real. Okay. And that's what's being leveraged. That's what creates these colossal collapses. I mean, I think. Yes. And I totally agree with that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we're on, I'm just (laughs) saying another perspective. So it seems to me that. You know, there ha- and we talked a little bit about this before about, look, if you're going to be staking ETH for yield, I mean, BTC for yield, if you're looking for the safe insured play, regulated play, you know, that should be a bank. OK, but maybe that type of asset or maybe, you know, Bitcoin itself should be the underpinning for all the DeFi assets, because, you know, I mean, I'm sort of confident that's not going to zero. Um like you're, these, you know, wait, other you're confident ones. what's not going to zero? BTC. Okay. That I can see how right. other ones can go to zero. But I think it's like BTC and real world assets have to be the fundamental under under the asset fundamentally underpinning the leverage at this point. So it doesn't de-spiral to a big goose egg. Um, you know, we saw that in the great financial crisis of 08. You know, we're seeing it here repeatedly. And you know, versus centralization. I mean, I was thinking about this a lot. Like, if you know that both FTX, Alchemix, and Ave are uninsured, then why would you not take your BTC and say stake it at Ave and borrow whatever 70% on it? And then you put a floor hedge in there that you can never go down below 70%. Or why not go to Alchemix and stake it there? And put put a 50% head. Well, ETH, ETH, okay, for whatever. I'm giving a fucking example. You put it in there and you um, get that leverage and put it out. So you're hedging your underpinning piece. But when you go to FTX or Binance or these others that could collapse because they're centralized, um, and I'm, you know, I'm saying in the extreme, that you don't even have that hedge floor there. So it's not even the sound, rational financial choice to make. There's something else underpinning why 
trade five people would go put money in FTX versus somewhere else. And I, I, I can't qualify that. But, I don't know the, what that the is. The question is, there, there is no solution to that problem. There's no solution to bankers fucking up in the mortgage crisis because they'll continue to do it and human beings will continue to get greedy and they will continue to extrapolate risk and they will continue not to care about the individuals who get hurt. Um, that's always going to happen, right? So there is no better solution to this problem than human beings learning how to do it themselves. Yeah, that's a different topic from what what Sean was saying. But yeah, the only other option that. is preventing human beings from investing their own money, which mm. is what what the existing. It's not zero sum. That's bullshit. It's not zero sum. Well, what is it? It's somewhere in between, like everything in life. I disagree. I I don't think that you can ever count on count on restricting the freedom of human beings as being the solution. You're shifting the argument. You're shifting your point in midstream, all right. dude. All right. Let's let well, you and I can debate this tomorrow. Let's oh, let's, no, I'm not going to bother with it. Yeah, no, we're going to debate it tomorrow. Let me catch up on everybody's comments. Yeah, we have Sean guy. here right. and people aren't tuning in to listen to you and me. Um, so well, they've been listening to you a lot, dude. I want to hear Sean. Chuck said, um, if it's any consolation, DeFi crypto has a long way to go to catch up with the likes of Milken um madoff enron layman brothers etc niblet says amen the fact we know who cz jason andre sam harry doe by their first names is a warning flag for the space niblet says it's the robert mugabe gambit destroy the space till it's small enough for the winner to take it all i guess he's referring to cz uh shizzy said satoshi made us so we don't have to trust anyone but yet people still trust these degenerate gamblers <laughs> yes they do <laughs> Um, Nibble said, I thought Sean said staked to theory and thought that was a beautiful <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> he said stake to ethereal. I think he means ethereal, which he might say, which he might say. I like that so one. Different. That's awesome. Chuck said, That's that what we're kind of doing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Chuck said, that assumes that people don't place value on services and function more than an arbitrary consensus derived value holder like BTC. Uh, and he says the services that produce value on top of blockchain chain are just as valid a basis as an arbitrary store of value. And Shizzy said, oh, shit, gloves off. <laughs> <laughs> what everybody wants to see. What everybody wants to see. And I'm trying I, to I feel it. like those two old guys sitting up in the balcony in the Muppets. You guys exactly. just know that. <laughs> But the, Joe, the only people, reason people tune in anymore, they don't care what we actually say. They just want to see us fucking fight. So, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, if we want to do that, we can just go live and I'll show up at the front door. There we go. <laughs> Great. All right. So, Sean, give us your thoughts so far. Well, uh, I know you had more to this than, um, you know, that you wanted to discuss today. So I want to make sure. We yeah, yeah. Look, look I mean, a couple, a couple of like, again, if we, you know, the worst year in cryptocurrency ever yeah ever we've never seen anything like this okay this is not mount gox this is not the dow hack it's not the finex hat it's not the ico bullshit craze this is on a level that 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 makes no sense so you you go okay first of all what what are what are the lessons that we're trying to learn and, and look Brad, I'm not, I'm, I'm not pro-centralization in any way, shape, or form, yeah? Right. But I, I'm going to make an argument that your assets should be on a ledger if you're not using them. Of course. But if they're not, uh, because that itself, you know, has, has risks. Um, but if they're not, they're still safer on a centralized exchange than in DeFi. 
Yeah, there's been depends on the billion, centralized exchange, but I can see your argument. No, no, there's been six billion bled out of DeFi hacks, and basically zero out of out of out of centralized exchanges in terms of hacks. Yeah. Oh, in terms of hacks, I was going to say because yeah. because oh, okay. Because um, Sam just topped all of that this week in one week. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but but again, you know, that, that's a different thing. Again, the on-chain data, which I'm, I'll, I'll show you guys, it, because you can check your own exchange. Yeah, by the way, it's not that complicated to see who's in trouble and who isn't. Um, so, again, not a proponent of centralization in any way, but I'm saying that these centralized entities, um, because because everything is ultimately on the blockchain, it's easy to see who's in trouble and not. Yeah? Yes. Um, okay, so... Well, so, except for factoring and liabilities that we can't see, but yes, I agree with you. I, again, I'll go through it. So, so like, if you are on an exchange, it's not... Again, it's not It's not a panacea. It doesn't mean, you know, that, that you know they haven't got, you know, leveraged up the ass of the, to, to the cartel or something. But in general, you can't you can health check your... your sure. Online in real time, your your centralized exchange of a user of them. Um, that's a fact. Um, we have. I checked today. I couldn't believe it. We've twenty one thousand tokens. What the fuck is going on in crypto? Twenty one thousand. Like in in what planet does any of this make sense anymore? Sure. They're all the next Bitcoin, though, Sean. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone around buying them up all day at two cents. Yeah, just so, just so. worked for me in 2010. I reckon it could work again. Yeah, yeah. And and, uh, and um, DeFi DeFi needs to ask itself. DeFi a bit like the Maxis. We got this strange kind of kind of meeting of, of criticisms of hard-ass toxic maxis and DeFi proponents, both pointing the finger at FTX, and they're both wrong. Interesting. They, they, they should be looking at themselves as well. And again, I'm not giving SBF a free card. You know, as, as one of my professors used to say to me, in a less liberal country, they'd be taken outside and shot. Okay, I'm cool with that. Okay, so I'm not saying that, okay? What I am saying is that is that it's every one of the disasters that's happened this year, people are using as a narrative to support their own view of the market. Sure. The DeFi people are going, oh, if this was DeFi, it wouldn't happen. The Maxis are going, oh, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. We told you this shit all along. And that's covering up what's really going on in the market, which is the use of 21,000 tokens to lever the fuck up okay to lie to people okay drag them in and lose them their money yeah and we all should be cognizant of that yeah sure absolutely yeah. And, and we've got to remember that you know in our weird little world where idiots like me you know can lose a million dollars and not really give too much of a fuck whatsoever okay that that's not what this system is designed for right yeah we're supposed to be building something where Joey in Ohio can go, I'm going to stick half my paycheck into something. And it's going to do what it says on the tin. Let me ask you a question. Do you think we'll get there? 
that, that that's that's if you'd asked me the last cycle i would have said yes okay <laughs> but this yeah yeah i think i think ultimately i think that that not not with the direction of travel we have i think the maxis have solid points uh, i am a maxi I, th I think they have solid points i think that um the DeFi people have solid points but i do think they need to meet somewhere in the middle here and go look you you're some of the shit you're saying is just bullshit and so and on the and on both sides yeah of course uh, let's, let's have an honest conversation about this and try to come up with we're never going to stop the bit connects and so on yeah we're never going right. to there's always going to be some some element of that of course there is um but we're we're not moving anything forward here without some recognize some recognition of basic principles and understanding of basic problems and realizing guess the news there'll always be bad SPFs. Yeah, there'll be an SPF next cycle. You know, there'll be there'll be a Doquan next cycle. And maybe if we're serious about building a a global permissionless financial system, we should be looking at what's happening in in a not oh well if you're in my little corner of the crypto world this wouldn't have happened. Right. That that applies to both DeFi people and to Maxis. That's fair. Totally fair. So do you think we'll get there? I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I, I, think, I think that, you know, the, the, the problem with this space is always that all of this shit gets forget, forgotten in the next bull cycle. Yeah? <laughs> it's like, you know, fucking 100x all in on a, some dog coin, you know, or, or I'm buying an NFT for 2 million or whatever. Well, I think we're repackaging mortgages already again, aren't we? As yeah, NFTs. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, in, in, in some ways, we are in a better place than we were a cycle ago in that people are, have, people are looking at real-world applications. And again, I go, I, I go lightning and I go, you know, for all its problems, it's a step forward. The concept of DeFi is very interesting. Whereas in the last cycle, we were just into illegal fundraising. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, that, you know, again, if we're to be honest with ourselves, absolutely. You know, we're just going. Oh, mm -hmm. Look, I, I, I have an idea. Launch an ICO, raise thirty million, and fuck off with it. Yeah, um, shit's actually I, getting built now. Yeah, as opposed to yeah. just raising money and walking away. Yeah, so, so they at I least can, build, deploy something, and then walk away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to be entirely negative, but I'm, I do say that that, that we need. We, we need to we need to be more careful in our thought about this and and my biggest concern in any of this is the wrong lessons are learned yeah yeah but because what you're seeing again is this strange situation i don't think i've ever seen it before where um you know maxis and DeFi people and basically every in the industry is going well look that was the problem and yet i'm suggest that the problem is not the one that that they think it is yeah. Well, I guess the question is, if if what you think the root of this problem is leveraging against worthless coins. Collateral. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I know there's not necessarily a solid answer to this, but what do you, how do you solve it? Well, well first of all, you know, there, there's a couple of things that, that, that I, I would say. First of all, money shouldn't be complicated. Money is actually quite a simple technology. Yeah. Right. You know, it is, you know, money is the medium of exchange store of value. That's it. You know, there's nothing complicated in, in money. What, what happens is the more tradfi we get, the more 
obscured it gets, the more derivative it gets, the more, you know, mm. you know, the more, you know, pa paper. Happens. That's hysteric. Yeah, it, it, it just gets stretched out and out and out. And, and again, people like me and you guys and probably 99.9% .9 of the people listening can go in and we can look and we can see the risks and whether we believe them or not. And we can go, look, here's the problem. But again, Joe in Ohio and Mohammed in Aleppo are just going, it's just money. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that, that we need to be cognizant of, of that. We need to be, and, and this is my big concern for DeFi. DeFi is getting so esoteric, you know, again, recursive lending loops and all this kind of stuff is like, what fucking use is any of this in the real world? Only like, to the guys like, that do it in the real world. About this yeah. I think you're getting some of these really kind of exotic um, instruments and techniques out of, you know, derivative space, hedges, and say the trade five side. And, you know, we kind of go, oh, that's interesting. And we could kind of look at it and see, hey, we know where this ends. <laughs> Traders, we can also make money out of it. So we're going, that's right. cool. Yeah. We just know when to run. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Other people don't see it that way, you know, yeah. to your point. They don't know eventually there's going to be 10 people standing there with nine shares. <laughs> you <know? It's> like, <laughs> you want to be gone before that happens. So, yeah. But that's trading, like you said earlier. Yeah. So, so again, we, we've got to, in my opinion, we've got to distinguish between trading and, and providing actual financial services of real value in a, again, trustless, permissionless manner. And it just seems to me that so much of the effort is in the esoteric weirdo world and very little is happening in, in something that, again, I could go to my grandmother It'd have to be a science at this stage and go, here, <laughs> here. <laughs> stick your pension in that, okay? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or, 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 go, or, or go to a company and go, yeah, look, you have something on the balance sheet. Why don't you sit and stick it in that and generate well, a bit of yield? You know, and you're not going to lose it, yeah? Hey, Sean, something Brad and I were talking about yesterday, and, you know, um, when you know when you look at DeFi and you look at a lot of the say yield farming or you know the lending protocols or any of that, they were kind of created in a zero you know zero interest rate environment you know where you couldn't get anything at the bank. Well, you know now the banks, U.S. banks, are up to about you know three point seven eight or something like that um, interest on accounts. So now you kind of have to beat that in DeFi to be able to remain a competitive choice. And I'm kind of curious, do you have any insights or thoughts about what that does to sort of the, you know, when you're doing the risk reward evaluation of a potential investment of what that might do to clean up DeFi? I, I, I think it, a couple of kind of more macro comments. I mean, this industry has never survived in a macro bear. Okay, so so we're in uncharted waters, yeah, and uh, completely. Thirteen years we were in an up-only tradfi market, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Bitcoin was born of the great financial crisis. It's where somebody, whoever they are, Satoshi looked at it and went, clearly this system is fucked, and here is a better way. Yeah. Okay, and then and then so, so I think that's something to be cognizant of. 
that, that we're in uncharted territory in this. We don't know how the space responds ultimately to, to a risk-off environment because its entire existence has been in a tradfi risk-on environment. So we're in uncharted waters. The, you know, I think a lot of the problem is that the, the, the people yield hunting are doing it to protect dollar value. So they're going, look, if I can get 8%, I'm effectively standing still against inflation. And I think the people don't question where yield comes from. Yeah. We, we, we've discussed this many times. Yeah. yeah. And you're going, you, you, know, you know, again, we had this thing, Celsius, like if it was only 20% yield. Why would I bother? I can get something somewhere else. I mean, the insanity of that thought process is beyond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's beyond me. Yeah, I mean the risk-free rate of, of, of you know the of U.S. government bonds is what three and a half, four percent. Yeah, uh, I, that's yep. that's risk-free. Anything above that is literally questionable. I got a cannabis farm for you if you want six to fourteen <laughs> monthly. <laughs> it's in. It's deployed in Decentraland, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Totally agree. So again, we, we've got these kind of expectations of this magic yield is generated where we've all, you know, we're all going, well, what do you mean it's only doing fucking 20% a year? I'm not interested. And that the insanity of that is beyond. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, sorry, what's Chuck saying there? Chuck says there are probably 10,000 plus publicly traded equities globally versus 180 currencies. Tokens seem more equivalent to stock slash equities than national currencies. I, I'm presuming that the stocks actually have a real business behind them. That's, them. Yeah. that's a valid point. Um, uh, Shizzy says, risk is good. I love risk. You just can't go all in. You have to treat everything like a Ponzi, get in early and get out early. Yeah, as long as people are handing out money, yeah. you can get out before it's worthless. Yeah. That's the lesson learned, right? I mean, right. I think we all learned that lesson that we're, that we're in yield farms for too long last year. Um, you know, oh, fuck, really? Oh, yeah, wow. I mean, I, I wear two hats here. Like, I'm, I'm a very active trader. Yeah. And the game of trading is a very different business. I'm, I love it. Yeah. I mean, um, um, and there are a set of rules if you're a trader. Um, and there is a set of rules if you're an investor. They're two very different things. Yeah. Right. And ultimately, we're not trying to convince the planet all to become traders. Or if we are, I'm out. You know, that, we're, on we're, Twitter, we're too. To, they have to do it on Twitter. We're, we're trying to do <laughs> to deliver a financial system that's better than, than the last one, again, born of the 2008 crash. crash. Okay. Um, and we're trying to develop a financial system that, and that's the purpose of the space, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, yeah. I may yeah. agree and disagree with Ethereum and DeFi and all this stuff. Oh, fundamentally, we're going, look, this is something, again, that via seance I can get my granny to invest in. Okay. But she's not going to be longing and shorting five times a day. Of course not. Ripping in and out of yield farms. Okay. So, yep. so as a trader, I have a very simple set of risks. I, I did a, and how I manage risk and so on. And, 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 and you know, um, but, but, but that's not, that's not what the game is about. The, the objective of crypto is about so like if we want to talk about trading yeah sure i mean like let's talk about trading that's a that's a that's a, a different thing it's something i do 
16 hours a day. I fucking love it, okay? But if we want to talk about building a a better financial system, we're not talking about turning everybody into a trader. Yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, no. We're talking about going, you know, permissionless money so that in in Mogadishu, um, the government can't tell somebody, um, you know, they, they can't deflate them to to zero um and they can't stop the use of somebody's money very right. effectively okay yeah. so um if you want to talk, you know and and that's where we're failing we're failing on the actual fundamental objective yeah because so much of the effort seems to be about creating things these again recursive loops and so on where you can get in you can make a fortune and then basically you know again I wouldn't even say there's nine chairs. I'd say there's a chair and a half and 10 fuckers running for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I saw a tweet from somebody recently where uh, they said, you know, we have all this incredible stuff that we've built, but we failed at the first job, which is people spending money on day to day things. And nothing in crypto does that effectively yet. Um, no, and- no, nothing. And, and people being able to put their net worth there. And not check every ten minutes to see if some fucker stole it. Exactly. Like I mean, like how how do we expect to achieve the objective with that? Yeah, yeah. Niblet says I think bear bonds are closer than either equities or currencies. And uh, Shizzy said, "Whoa, whoa! I thought this was a, a macro free zone." And, uh, <laughs> Chuck, Chuck, Chuck said, "Didn't mean mechanically. I meant the tokens are ways to raise capital, just like equity sales, whether they are bear instruments or not." And Shizzy says, "Starting a new YouTube channel, grandmothers whip in and out of yield farms on leverage. Would you watch?" <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I'll subscribe to that, mate. That's awesome. I like that one too. And I think you're right. I, look, I think getting to the core fundamentals of of money is is really important. I want to quickly say, look, we have far more listeners on the on the significantly larger numbers of listeners on the podcast, but I just want to say to anybody that's listening that um, lost money in FTX or has money locked up in FTX, get the fuck off Twitter, get out of the spaces, stop reading every fucking article that comes out about SBF. And I'll tell you a quick story. Um, In the early 2000s, I had a um, uh, founder of a company that employed me that still $800,000 from me. Um, I spent the next three years of my life in total fucking misery trying to get this guy um, and wasted a huge amount of my time obsessed with trying to get back what I had lost. You can do nothing right now. You can do absolutely nothing except join in on a class action suit, hire your own attorney and sit back and wait and see what happens because this is going to take a long time. Stop Stop joining Twitter spaces. Stop watching the news. Try to disconnect yourself. Go for a walk. Do something different because you're just going to make yourself miserable. And start building back from where you are. And like Sean said, wait and see what you get later on because you can't do anything about it right now. So just wanted to say that to everybody. Yeah, I mean, don't, don't, uh, yeah, get, I'll, I'll, don't get the fuck in your headspace, yeah? Yeah. Screw it. Yeah. It's done. It's over. You already got shipped. So now it's time to just move on and figure out what to do next. But also, I think that, you know, I mean, Sean, you could probably speak to this a little bit, but I think everybody that got like hacked, say, in the Mount Gox hack and has been forced to wait, what, eight years, 10 years now? I mean, the price is down on BTC, but um, they've probably gained more value by having it locked up, I would think. Yeah, and by not selling it, it, it was $300. Yeah, yeah. yeah. $300. Okay. Well, they're so, way yeah. up. 
They're way so up. who? How many people would have sold at a thousand or two thousand? Of course. You know, so to me, I think you guys in FTX, gals and guys, I think it's in U.S. bankruptcy court. Let it sort out. I mean, I think that you're going to get made whole by the time it's all over. So, like you said, Brad, you mean just the increased about value, it. the increased value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, sadly, so a think... lot of them were in shit coins too. But, but those that mm -hmm. were in ETH or Bitcoin, there's very good likelihood that there's going to be an increase in value by the time you get that shit back. You know. But no, yeah, no, so move on. So yeah. what Brad and Sean both say, move on, move on, move on. Yeah, I, and, and again, this crypto Twitter thing that's going on with, you know, you know, like, you know, new conspiracy theories. It's a big pile of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Walk around. It, it is a, exactly. There's <laughs> no point wading through it anymore. Exactly. Uh, and again, I say that as somebody, you know, who lost, yeah. lost some money on it. And, and, you know, I'm a big boy. But what I was also say to people that, again, part of the trading game because you're if you're on ftx you sh you're, you're a trader or you should be um is that you know any trade you place okay you you need to ask yourself are you okay with the, the, the return on that trade being zero because it may not be priced again the systemic risk there's hack risk there's all this kind of stuff and and so you know the, the lesson from a trader's standpoint, I think, is always to go, is always to ask yourself that when you take a position, okay, obviously you're not going to be okay with it going to zero. You, you know, nobody wants right. it. it still hurts. To go to zero. Okay, but but if it but if it does, because you know, this is what I was saying to Keith a year and a half ago, two years ago, is that it always will at some point, yeah. Yeah, it all that unfortunate. It's horrible. It's the truth that when you're taking that position, can you still wake up in the morning? Can you still look after your friends? Can you still look after your family? And are you okay? So you know, when you come to this trading game, okay, anything can can go to zero for reasons that are beyond your control. You can call the market right. Your your trade can theoretically be, you know be printing a lot of money, but but ultimately you can get zero back. So I think that. People who play this game, the, the game of trading, there's a valuable lesson there, yeah? Um, which, which is, and again, I, like I keep 30% of my stack on CEXs, very public about it. Um, I keep 70% off. Um, I am in the game of trading. I will continue to trade on CEXs and so on um, because they offer the best trading experience. I self-insure, so I take a percentage of my profits that I make every week and I stick them on a ledger as an insurance fund against this kind of shit. Yeah. Nice. So, you know, for, for somebody who's a trader, whether you got caught or not, you know, unfortunately, the market has given a horrible lesson, which is always, always ask yourself when you're positioning for something like this, what if it goes to zero as your last checklist? What have I? What am I doing to mitigate against that? Okay, because unfortunately, in this space, at some point, that's going to be true. It's true, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, so I, th I think there are, you, you know, whatever about the lessons for, for the industry, the lessons for us button clickers is are are the same lessons that happen every cycle for different reasons uh, and again i think the reasons here are very different but if you're a button clicker and you're you know you're trying to trying to make some money um any position you take any place that you have your coins um just 
ask yourself, am I positioned? So if this, if this particular trade, if this particular place I've got my assets, it all goes to zero, I'm, it's not going to fuck my life up. Yeah. Will I survive? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, I'm, Sean, you trade primarily on BitMEX, correct? Uh, I trade. <laughs> Here's the funny story about this. So I have uh, traded basically exclusively on BitMEX for years. And during the course of the year, I kind of went like, you know, I should probably de-risk by... Oh, <laughs> this is no shit, man. I'll de-risk oh, no. by, putting, by putting, you know, some, some small stuff onto FTX and onto Bybit. Okay. Uh, so, so that, you know... Oh, you know. my God, dude. So, so I, you I, diversified right into it. Yes. <laughs> you know, it, it was, it was yeah. a risk management. Um, there's lots of... And again, I'm not 100% clear. Okay. I am not going to recommend any CEX to anybody, okay? Uh, however, we did see about three weeks ago the FTX risk going through the roof. So we got most off before, before it happened. Yeah? And if I'm to be completely honest, because what we, we'd actually covered the FTX position with a trade on another exchange. Uh -huh. So we basically said, look, if FTX goes under, we're going to lose that, but we're going to make... The market's going to tank so hard, we're going to make money. So net, net, you know. Nice. Um, I, and, I, and so I ended up with a good trade on the other side and feel like I'm staking Ethereum. So it was all good. Um, so. Nice. 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 <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. To, to give you my factors as a trader that I look at, my number one factor is on exchange leverage ratio. Okay, and I can go through which is available live and insurance funds. And there's this misnomer on insurance fund that the bigger the fund, the better. This is not actually true. You need to look at the ratio of insurance funds to open interest. Okay, so BitMEX is the only, and again, I'm not shilling, do not put your money on BitMEX on my advice. I'm comfortable with the risk profile. It could all go to shit tomorrow. Right. The insurance fund is greater than the open interest. For me, that's a massive de-risking factor, yeah? Um, if I look at Binance, the insurance fund, even after CZ threw his billion dollars into it, is one-third of the open interest. Okay. That's a red flag. I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. in yeah? Makes sense. Um, so just looking at the, the, the value of the insurance fund, you have to look at the open interest on contracts to give it a genuine risk assessment. Um, and that's the way. And BitMEX over a year ago, I think in 2021, started to doing these proof of reserves and, and proof of liabilities long before this mess came along. Um, so they're the least cowboy of all the cowboys, in my opinion. But again, my opinion, my risk profile, um, I definitely, you know, looked at, you know, I moved, we moved some funds to Bybit and FTX on the basis that having all of our trading stack. And again, I want to be clear, we don't keep all of our trading stack on exchange ever. And we do take a small portion of weekly profits and stick it into, we're self-insured. And again, this is a mechanism for any trader. You know, right. as you're racking up the P&L, yeah, take some of that and, and insure yourself against this shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, if you're, if you're you know, you make 10%, stick 2% onto a ledger, 
and go, look, that's just a bit that, that you know, a lot of people get into this, you know, the, the power of compounding and like they're just continually throwing their whole stack. And, you know, if you're a great trader, that's great. But, but you will always face these systemic risks. Yeah. So, you, you know, that, that's literally what I would say to people as, as a trader is understand. I'm quite happy to show you some of the risk factors on exchange risk. There's two exchanges right now that I think I would not be comfortable with. Um, which I think are showing similar CEXs that are showing similar signs. Can you give yeah. us insights on that? Yeah. If, 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 can I share the... Yeah, um, yeah. Go for it. Let me uh, let me see. Can I figure out? Share screen. Uh, what is it Down saying? at the bottom, present. Got it. Share screen. Oh, now I have to pick a window. Uh, okay. So um, I think you have to share. Allow that. Um, so go. I think we, we discussed this. So just general market health, Okay. We discussed the fact last time that this leverage ratio is ridiculous, yeah? Yeah. So you look at the leverage ratio here at the all-time high. I, I can't see um, anything. Can you guys? Yeah, I can see it. Oh, okay. I just can't. So it must be me. Okay. Okay. So we're, we're over double the late leverage ratio today versus the all-time high. You can see the drop in leverage ratio due to the FTX failure. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna say that I expect the bottom of the market to be when the leverage ratio gets down to 0.1. Interesting. In other words, wait, where are we right now? We can't see the numbers on there. Uh, we're at um, 0.3 something. Yeah. Okay. So in other words, the system is still ridiculously over leveraged. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. Okay. And again, this is kind of one of the things I said last time, and I'm not saying I told you so because. Again, idiot who left a million dollars in FTX. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, and so, so this is on this charts on CryptoQuant and it's uh, Bitcoin estimated leverage ratio all exchanges. Yeah. So, okay. so now, now, now let's look at what happened to FTX. Okay. So, and I'm going to go back before the crash. So, okay. F, FTX's leverage ratio was up at three. Again, this is a slightly misunderstood chart because people go, oh, yeah, but on perps, people will be higher than leverage. So this leverage ratio is the open interest, i.e. the dollar values involved in positions, which are always 50% long, 50% short, divided by the on-exchange reserves from the blockchain. Okay. Now, if you think rationally about that, since OI is 50%, 50% long, 50% short, if it's over two, it's paper. Anything over two is paper. Okay. Yeah. It's, it simply cannot exist right. mathematically over two. Right. So all the warning signs went way back here. Yeah. Months and months ago. Okay. And then what happens when you get exchange withdrawals, you get this peak, <laughs> like, you know, this, the leverage ratio goes to shit. Yeah. 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 So, so I think this is really worth people, people looking at. The exchanges I'm worried about right now are Bybit. Did you get where out? The leverage ratio has gone up to 2.5. Wow. Okay. And let's compare that to. Wait, are you still in Bybit? No, no, I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. I don't know, dude. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I'm always prepared to lose money. I don't fucking enjoy it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and let's compare that to Bitmex. And a few other exchanges. So wow, the Bitmex leverage ratio is wow. 0.15. Wow. 
rational OGs exchange. Let's look at Bitfinex. Okay, the leverage ratio again is down here is 0.02. Yeah. So again, this is open interest divided by on exchange reserves. Um, and let's look at Binance. Um, it's at, you know, it's high, it's 0.32, but like there's no red flags. Right, right. Okay. Maintain. I think if you look at OKX is the other one that, that maybe has questions Oof. to be answered. Okay. So, so again, I'm, I'm not saying that this is a, this, this resolves all exchange risk. What I am saying is that the, the there is on-chain data there. That should have told us what's, can tell us what's coming. Well, it, it, it should at least go, huh, maybe I don't want all my assets on this exchange. So right. again, well, it also allowed you to parlay with the news um, into a, a nice position, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and again, not to say my, myself and, and Fred, actually, um, we're, we're looking at this, uh, you know, four to six weeks ago. And I started to withdraw funds on FDX and it gone, you know, I'm not prepared to leave that level of funds. So I'm saying there are, because I will still say on a CEX, your funds are safer than a DEX, than, 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 than DeFi, um, and that it's just a better place to trade. Um, but I'm not suggesting that in any way that you keep all your funds in it because you'd be an idiot. Um, but also I'm saying that you can look at your exchange and you can look at these and go, hang on a minute, there are red flags and you can watch this in real time and you can see the pressure that certain exchanges are getting applied to. Yeah, So yeah. it's kind of a nice real-time on-chain metric that should warn you or give you pause for thought. That's fantastic. So we're, we're not without on-chain data when we look at CEXs. Makes sense. It's certainly not going to cover, you know, it, you know, there are other sins that CEXs can do. Um, but it's a decent place to go. If it's up there, my personal advice would be run for the fucking hills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm quite happy for Bybit or OKX to sue me. I'm here fucking sue away, lads. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I did post this to the um, to the um, Bybit CEO and he chose to ignore it. So anyway, oh, well, what a that's shocker. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there, you know there, there are some kind of health checks that you can do on chain where you're not just believing something that somebody posts going, we've 10,000 Bitcoins, blah, blah, blah. And as I said, the other key thing for me is to look at the, um, is to look at the um, insurance fund relative to open interest. Okay. Um, because Binance has the biggest insurance fund, but the reason CZ threw a billion at it is because he knew this was coming into spotlight. The relative, the value relative to open interest was at levels that are eyebrow raising, shall we say? Yeah, makes sense. Um, and again, I'm not recommending any exchange. I've explained why Bitmex. Bitmex is an old Maxis exchange. There's fuck all volume. Um, there's probably me and three other people trading on it against each other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, one of which at least I know. Um, so, <laughs> so like in many ways, it sucks. So I'm not recommending. I'm just saying, look, you know, check where you trade. Sure. Uh, and 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 again, fundamentally, for you know, to 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 go back to Shizzy and and you know, is the winter over? No fucking chance. Yeah. Well, give us give us your thoughts where we are right now. 
um, you, you know, I, 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 this is going to be exactly the same chart I posted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hasn't changed too much. Um, I, I'm not doom and glooming too much. I do think, I, th I think, I think you can look at the bottom in, in different ways than just price, and I recommend that people do this. So I, I still think we're going to test 13.8, bounce a bit, and then we're going to have a final leg down. I would expect the bottom bottom indicators to be time. So I would expect March is the first realistic opportunity for the market to bottom. I would be looking at leverage ratio and saying if that leverage ratio is still high, in my opinion, the bottom ain't in. Um, I think the technical analysis, the way I draw my silly lines in a chart, say that sure we can bounce whatever, but I'm only looking for shorts in this market. Um, the bottom isn't in. Um, I'm pretty confident that we will see 13.8, a bounce then below 13.8. Um, and I think that ultimately, if people are looking to do cycle trades, I would suggest don't stress it. Don't don't be catching knives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, you know, the bottom is in fundamentally when the Fed pivots. Right. Yeah. Whether yeah. that's a pause or a pivot. Yeah. Why would you front run them? Because, like, again, the difference between you know buying at twelve and ten grand looks very big when it's twelve and tw ten and twelve grand. Is irrelevant when it's 200k, correct? Correct. So, I, th I think the winter continues. Strange enough, I'm kind of wondering if we get a little bit of upside here because the pain trade is up. Remembering that most price movement is not is, is technical in nature and nothing to do with narrative, it's just too many people, in my opinion, are shorting right here. So, I wouldn't be unsurprised to see a squeeze, but I don't think there's any, any rational person thinking this is the bottom, yeah. Got it. Now, you know, maybe you can start accumulating here. I would question why you would do that personally. I think that if you're, again, accumulating for the next run, I would suggest to people, just wait for the run to, wait for all the confirmation, wait till March, wait till leverage is down, wait for the, pe the, the Fed to pause, and don't get caught up in 20% down at 10K. It's meaningless when the price of Bitcoin is, because I'm... I'm, I'm sick of being a fucking bear. I'm uber bullish on the next on the next run. I, again, I'm two twenty five to five hundred on Bitcoin. Nice is, is my target. So I know people are always going. No, oh, you know, you'll never see ten k or whatever. And I'm going. Sure, I I don't know exactly where we're going. Um, I'm very confident. Not financial, but I'm very confident we ain't near the bottom. Okay, you know, Sean, we, can I ask? Just we, we can easily lose fifty percent more for air on Bitcoin. Right, Sean. Quick question. There's a lot of speculation out there. They hear other people saying, you know, why is it sitting here at 16? And you hear people saying, well, everybody who's sold is going to sell. It's every, all the OG original, you know, whales aren't selling. And that's kind of keeping it here. What do you, I mean, can you just speak to that concept a little bit? I mean, I, I know that it's just speculation, but w what's your gut tell you there? The, 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 the OGs are not part of the game. You know, this is the this is the bizarre thing, and and again, let me bring up another chart here. So, you know, the OGs are sitting with it on their ledger, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. okay. They don't get to affect price, okay. the The theory is that they get to affect price 
by that supply being off exchange. So inherently, the CEX has set the price. So you go, look, the less supply on exchange, then the higher the price should be. Okay, you got that seems rational until you actually look at the data and you go, well, here's on exchange supply, which is just going down with price. Right. So the point about the point about the OGs is, yeah, they're sitting off. There's, they're, you know, they're sitting off exchange, but there's two sides to, to this supply demand equation, which is there also has to be demand. Okay. So what we can clearly see is that. You know, during the, 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 the bull run, every time supply exchange went down, people are going this bullish. And it's been going down constantly, yeah, in a bear market for, for, for a year, over a year. So the supply-demand hmm. narrative is, is falsified by fact, yeah? Um, the, the, other, the other reason that, that I think more that, that you're going to see continued price pressure because of forced selling okay mm -hmm. so you, you do get the you know again anything that you know once margin calls start coming in and people people get are getting margin calls they will be forced to sell sure. so i don't know if there's many willing sellers at 16k but i'm pretty sure again going back to the leverage ratio there's going mm -hmm. to be a lot or reluctant and forced sellers because sure. they're going to need to that collateral for other positions or you know to, to cover to cover mm -hmm. calls. So, um, you know, if we saw this drop in on exchange supply during a bull run, we'd all be going 100x long. Yeah, but again, the, the, the actual data just shows that, that there's nothing bullish about reduction in on exchange supply. Hmm. Interesting. Because that's the graph, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, again, I never, ne never forget that in an overlevered market, that the real risk isn't the OGs selling. The OGs couldn't give a fuck. They're sitting there on their boats, you know, losing their keys in case the taxman turns up. Okay, it's the four sellers that are the problem. The people sure. who literally have to, you know, they've got BDC as collateral somewhere else, or they're, they're, they're another position. Right. BDC gives them the liquidity to get out and so on and so on. So um, I don't think that we're with this leverage ratio that we have. And remember the last two legs down were deleveraging events, you know, from 30 down to 20 was um, three AC and from 20 down to 16 was FTX right. so far. And I have no doubt there's further contagion out there, yeah? yeah. Where we will see four sellers. Um, and so willing sellers, probably not four sellers, in my opinion, almost certainly. All right. Sean. If you're one final question, one final question. If you're gonna put a stinky bid in on BTC, you know, <laughs> thinking it could go out through March. Not financial or, advice. Not financial advice. I'm just saying, what do you think? Um Without advising anybody, of course, what are you hearing the range of speculation out in the open market from other people of what that might be? So if you look at the um, an interesting readjustment on the Coinbase order book was that 10 to 7.1K started to fill last night. Mm. Now, again, do I, do I personally believe we're going to go down that low? No. Um, I don't. I again. I I don't think from the way I look at this, I 
I do trust my lines on a chart. I have to. Um, I would suggest to people that, again, it will take a confluence of factors for the bottom to come in. Yeah, mm -hmm. the idea that we're going to be bull in a macro tightening um, um, environment, I think, is ridiculous. Yeah. So, okay. you know, you know, while the TradFi is risk off, we can do our own shit. We can go up and down and bounce, but I don't think we're bottomed. I don't think it's really feasible for us to bottom with this level of leverage. It doesn't make, you know, it's irrational. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, and so I will be looking for deleverage. The price for me, I'm still looking at around the kind of, you know, probably, you know, 11, 12. Yeah. Is currently where yeah. I'm looking. Cool. Now, if we break and lose this line, six to three. Wow. All right. Um, yeah, but, but those, yeah. just to be clear, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, you know, I'm not sitting there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. World, you know, but that's but, the next level. Um, but if you if you also look at look at on chain data, you can see that that the one to ten thousand Bitcoin um, um, class have been distributing all year and increasing distribution. So the most influential wallet holders continue to rain coins on the market. Mm. So. Um, again, that doesn't preclude, again, you know, there's always a bear market rally. We will get one now or soon. That's the nature of the game. But do I would caution against considering the bottom is in with these other extraneous factors, again, like leverage um, and, like, and, and the fact that, that we're risk off. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the market is risk off. So, and the other thing is, like, why the fuck would you rush? Normally, right. it takes three to five months. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, there's always more time in this game than you think there is. Like, like the 2018 crash, it, it, it's kind of funny. Yeah, it took five weeks to complete from when <laughs> it started, and everybody was candle chasing all the way for five weeks, and we all got wrecked. Now, I tell you, I, I was trading that live in my mind, that all happened in one day. Oh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> it, didn't. it actually took five weeks. It's crazy, yeah. And it's so, nuts. if you look at the, the three AC. The tree AC event, um, deleveraging event, okay, took 10 weeks to play through. We're in the first week of the FTX deleveraging. Amazing. That's a great perspective. That's yeah. awesome. Sean, young person comes to you with $10,000 they can afford to lose. <laughs> and they... It's my again, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> and they have a basic understanding of the kind of basics of of what trading is, where do you point them to learn and where do you point them from a strategy perspective to, to learn some of the lessons that you've learned over the years to get to where you are? So, so, so for, first of all, find a mentor. Yeah. Okay. So everyone um, should call you. Yeah. I'm more a psychologist than a mentor. Okay. There you go. And secondly, <laughs> this is the, Best advice I can give somebody, yeah. If you're trading the markets with more than $100, when you're just going to lose and lose and lose, you're a fucking idiot, yeah? Ah, nice. Better, you, you, unfortunately, the hard lessons in this game are only the ones where you lose. So why not lose 100 bucks instead of 10,000? Nice. Okay. And when you're confident that you can beat the market in all cycles, then jam it up. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, what, what things like bull and bear markets do is they teach people really bad habits. So the bull market taught people really bad habits because it's up only. Right. The bear market is teaching really bad habits because it's down only. Yeah. Yeah. Because people go, oh, I just have to short it. And here I just have to long it and, and, and so on. So what, what, what I would honestly say is find yourself a mentor. Um, um, don't pay them. Yeah. Go out into one of the groups. Look. DM people, yap, maybe set up a smaller group of three or four people, friends, discuss it. Um, and do not trade with more than 100 bucks because you'd be foolish. It's like there's no, I'll put this in soccer terms, UK soccer terms, yeah? Okay, we have the Premier League and there's about 10 leagues beneath that, yeah? Right. Okay, if you're learning to play football, you don't walk into the Premier League. You don't walk out into Old Trafford Okay, and unfortunately in the game of trading, there is no nothing but the Premier League. Right. Yeah. You walk out onto the arena with the big boys. Right, that's you're true. You're going to get freed. Yeah, okay. makes sense. Um, so you don't have this progressive way of improving. Uh, you, don't, you can't start in, you know, like chess. Chess, it's all about ratings. I can play somebody in my rating. As I improve, I play the next guy. In this game... You're just straight out into, into the lion pit. So honestly, I would recommend people learn to trade, um, by the way, even if they don't trade, because understanding how markets move will, will be brilliant when you come to committing, you know, those kind of once-in-a-lifetime assets like buying your homes and so on. So understanding markets, understanding charts and so on is invaluable, even if you don't do it. Understanding how, you know, you know, the difference between, you know, when you do those big purchases in your life is, is, is ultimately down to market. So I do recommend it, but, you know, find somebody, approach them, yap with them. Um, there are a lot of, there are a lot of, what I love about this game, and even through all this pain um, that people are suffering, is that, is that if you speak, everybody's willing to help. This is one of these things it's just wonderful, yeah? yeah. You can reach out to people. People are willing to help. People are willing to give advice. Yep. And you should utilize that. We have these trading groups that are, and again, you know, I'm a member of MI, so, you know, um, you know, there's lots of really cool people in there who give different opinions. There's lots of subgroups out of there. There's lots of people who set up their own little, you know, trading support group. And I would really recommend that. That's great. I, I love that. that. Yeah, yeah. Do not fucking trade more than hundred dollars. You're an idiot. Like if you do that, nobody can help you. Yeah, exactly. You know, if, when you can beat the market, yeah, fucking go all in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We should but have stakes levels on exchanges. Is ultimately a four-year thing because you right. have to know that you can outperform the bear market and the bull market. Absolutely. Now that's great advice. I I love that. Uh, we somebody should open an exchange that has different stakes levels, like poker tables. Yeah, I, 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 unfortunately, it doesn't exist. Yeah, so, but but again, you know, conceptually, people think, and you know, the worst thing that happens to a lot of traders, this sounds terrible. They make money, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's all so fucking easy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, you know, like, you Beginner's know, luck is deadly. You go, oh, this is great, and look, you know, you see that bull run there from three thousand up to sixty odd thousand. You could just wake up every morning and hit the long button. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, people who did that lost it all in the first yeah, time. All of those TikTok traders are now devastated. 
yeah. Now, again, I'm not I'm not anti-trading. I'm like totally. I think people should learn to trade, even if just for those big decisions in their lives. Learn to understand how markets work. Um, make friends in the space. It's a very friendly space. Even though you might see us beating the heads off each other in in a channel in Telegram, we're actually all great mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can we can retire to a Zoom Absolutely. call and laugh about it. Yeah, um, and learn from each other. And again, just don't overcommit. And and for those of you listening, not familiar, when he says MI, he means I'm going to shill uh, yep. my company, MaterialIndicators.com. You can find the link to our Telegram channel there. Um, we don't tolerate bullshit. We don't tolerate shilling. We don't tolerate disrespect. We have a community that polices itself, um, which is fantastic. And it is an awesome place to learn or to get insights, to get ideas, um, to find out if your, you know, your idea is brilliant or, or bad. Um, it's just a, it's a good welcoming place to come in and learn and build. So um, I highly recommend people join yep. there. Um, doesn't cost anything. You don't have to buy anything from us. You can just come in and learn and enjoy the community. And there's a lot of great folks in there. So um, yep. Appreciate a lot of very that. helpful people. Again, you can yeah. DM them and, and you know, they, they, and again, can I just say that like anybody who's been caught in FTX, like I just, it's, it's calling. I feel so sorry for you. Yeah. Um, reach out. Yep. Yeah. Do not fucking obsess about it. It's shit. It's a big pile of shit, but do not waste a year of your life seeing what the latest revelation about how fucking crooked Sam was. Yeah. It's going to give you no good whatsoever. Nothing. Or any more headspace. Yeah. Look, it's going to make you miserable and it's going to delay building back. You know what's funny, though? It's also something you want to put in perspective. Because all of my biggest losses are the ones I sold too early. So when I look back at equity deals where I was like, oh, shit, 10x and I'm out because I thought it was going down. And then it ran from like 14 to 789 with like six splits. And I'm like, damn, that was one I missed. So you, the ones that you really lose the most money on are the ones that you exit at the wrong time. I think these are like, you can only go down so far, zero. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, there's on the upside, leaving that on the table, that's even more painful. So, you know, hopefully you get to experience that one soon. Yeah. And, and the other thing to, to, to mention is time frame. Like every mm-hmm. trade at some time frame is wrong. Yeah. Whatever position you take at some time that's frame, awesome. you, you're going to be wrong. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so you, you know, unless you're God, you know, like, you know, at some time frame, the trade is going to be wrong. So always consider that. I would recommend people to trade in multiple time frames. Some yep. trades at one time frame, some trades at the other. And don't let a fucker like Sam um, um, dis- discourage you. Um, yeah. Just dis- this, there is this, this, this game. Learned well with the appropriate, you know, investment of your time and your intelligence can be can make make you make life changing money for you. And again, that's on the trader side, on the kind of you know what what we should be at about as an industry. I still think we need to kind of sit back and lick our wounds and take a and uh, that's both maxis and shit coiners. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, anybody that's not, uh, please go follow Sean on Twitter so he can get over a pitiful 10 followers. <laughs> he's exaggerating. Maxi comments. Okay. He's, he's exaggerating. He's at 328 followers, but I'm like, I, find, I, am, 
I, yeah, man, you're like, and your ratio of followers is greater than who you're following. So you're already a, like a, a, a tw Twitter uh, superstar there. man. I, I think that's because most people block me after a while. We'll be announcing Sean's TikTok channel soon. He'll be dancing and trading at the same time. So don't forget to, to follow along so you yeah. get that announcement. He's anyway, got he's that K-pop partnership, right? Exactly. He's at uh, XBT3D. Sean, um, so much, man. Love having you on. Really, let's just do it weekly. It was just a lot easier. And you save us some work. So you know, <laughs> make it a weekly thing. Yeah, but like we do that, I'm going to have to come up with topics that really get you guys fighting each other. But I That's that. it. Yeah, I you're just here that. to incite. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I really, I really appreciate you. Shizzy says... Great show today, guys. From fights to grandmothers trading leverage to Sean not being as bearish as last time. Great show. So look at that interpretation. You're not as I bearish like as last time, Sean. I'm exactly the same bearish. You look at my charts, <laughs> they always end up in the same place. <laughs> We're just getting closer to the bottom. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So yeah. Thank Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate you coming on, buddy. Let's get you on next. Well, next week, no show next week, everybody. Um, following week, we'll be back and, and we'll uh, we'll drag Shem, Sean back on. Maybe we'll just keep doing it every Thursday. How's that sound? Excellent. Perfect. Let's do it. Every Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Very Thank cool. you, buddy. Okay. Take it easy, guys. Thanks. Thanks, man. Have a good Have one. Good. Talk to you later, Sean. Bye-bye. Always great. Always fun. Yeah, he's such awesome. a good dude. dude I, I, I love Larry and his perspective. Just so sensible. Um, all that experience comes, you know, just shining through. It's freaking fantastic. Love having him on. So I think a weekly thing would be great. People are sick of yeah. No, I think it's good because it gives just another, you know, we, we can squabble over our stuff, but it gives like another perspective and it's a BTC perspective. Yep. So to me, I like that because, you know, as we were kind of talking about yesterday or arguing about or something, I can't remember. Um, you know, it's almost like, in you know it's it's weird because the word is DeFi, of course decentralized finance but it's it, it's almost like it's coming almost looping back to sort of you know the decentralization ethos that all the original btc people were pitching that's right or still do pitch and that's, that's what i right. kind of find intriguing and i'm trying to you know of course you know we're trying to see what's there so we're going to bump up against each other on perspective you know trying to figure out that answer but having Sean in the mix just adds another nice little lever for us to, to ignite yeah. some uh, cool and, thoughts. And I love, look, I, he's the most pragmatic Maxi I know, open-minded Maxi I know, right? I mean, that's why I like listening to Sean, because I know he's someone that will always take into account as many possible sides of a coin that, that he can. I always know that he will give everything a fair shot or a fair shake. And that makes a huge difference, um, you know, than kind of partisan bickering. So um, really, I really appreciate that. Glad to have him to provide the wisdom. Plus, you know, the insights into the markets are fantastic. It's great to have. So anyway, thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, Shuck says Joe needs to fix his ghetto mic. He's operating completely off the phone or his laptop. You're off of the phone now, right? I'm all phone. Yeah. I'm yeah. All yeah. Phone. That's the problem. It's not as bad. It's not horrible, but it's yeah. yeah no, it's I not mean, as I good as your other to, mic. Yeah. I could pull the other mic out, but it's just sort of seems like, you know, there's just lights and monitors and gear everywhere. It seems. And I'm kind of just, let's yeah. try to simplify this. All the kids or all the Gen Zers are doing everything on a phone. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think you might want to plug in your phone to the mic. Just to <laughs> enhance it a little bit. <laughs> exactly. You, you guys can't hear me. 
<laughs> Thank you, but yeah, Sean. No, I agree, Chuck. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Shizzy. Thank you, Niblets. Thank you, James. Uh, was that all the participants in today's show? Veronica, oh, that's a lot of here. people. All the yeah. MI folks that tuned in, thanks for joining us every day at noon. Um, go to missiondefi.com. You can see past episodes of this show and the Mission DeFi show. Um, we love and appreciate everybody participating. Thank you, James, for being here. And I uh, hope you're getting some sleep with that new baby. It's great to have you here. Um, thanks for participating. Thanks for being here. Thanks for watching. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please rate and review us. It really helps us get the word out and boosts us in the algorithm. If you're watching on YouTube, please click the subscribe button. And then click the little bell to get alerted when new episodes are out and live. And also, please smash that thumbs up button so we get also a boost in the YouTube algorithm. It really does help. <clears throat> if you have folks you know that are interested in DeFi and what's going on in the space, every day we're talking about um, the latest news, the latest products, the latest things that are going on. Um, and it looks like we'll start having uh, Sean back on a weekly basis. So appreciate all that. Um, next uh, week after next, we'll probably try to do some experiments on Twitter spaces in the evenings as well, just for shits and giggles. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Thank you for watching, Joe. Have a great afternoon. Yeah, thanks, everyone. It's always enjoyable. And for all the uh, material indicators listeners, usually the show's 45 minutes, so you won't have to endure Brad for an hour and a half yeah. every day. Yeah. So yeah. come on over and listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joe cuts me off. That's right, man. We got like a little... Uh, brawling thing but we're all buddies so it's just cool to find the answer like i tell everybody 20 sources of data and data is a plural word yep. so you know you need that many streams of info coming to make hopefully informed decisions and so you know whatever i say or brad say you know part of what we say is right part is wrong but yeah. you know have more people around too and then try to make some decisions and you know follow like what sean said start trading with 100 bucks and figure out how it all works that's right um, it's that's right the future you know gambling sites are fun but you don't really scale into anything. Um, I mean, unless you're going to be the guy who, you know, can pick the spreads for everything and be really deep. But in this, if you figure out how to do this trading with a hundred bucks, it's can give you income for your entire life in right. all sectors, you know, not just crypto. So, you know, welcome aboard. Absolutely. Thanks everybody for listening and watching Joe. Have a lovely afternoon. You too.